Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And these two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. San Francisco is all about, well, you know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses. And every, it's all about round-the-clock sex. A gay or lesbian waiter came up, or transgender, spoke with a lisp or demonstrated <laughs> they were gay or lesbian. Joey. <laughs> Joey? Joey, the waiter's in love. Don't worry about it. Joey, their bathhouses are no different than anybody else's bathhouses. Don't worry about it. It is incredible, and this is not a gay-themed show, but maybe it is. You know, who knows? I was just talking to my friend last night um, who is a gay man who worked with me in the hotel, in my hotel, and and um, a great guy, great guy, and he just lost his partner of 25 years, by the way. Can you imagine that? I didn't even know when he first started at the hotel. We were so I I was there in 1997. He probably came around 1998 or nine. And I thought he was a straight guy. I had no idea. You know, he he actually good looking, brawny, hair slicked back, looked like a like a Ronald Reagan kind of guy. And um, I was single back then, and we talked about women and this and that, and and uh, and you know, women thought he was a good looking guy, and he was a good, he is a good looking guy. And I had no idea that he was. Uh, that he was gay until a few years, a few years after that. But I had no idea he was seeing a man for all that time. And um, <clears throat> anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's just that I hadn't talked to this guy about ten years, and in Facebook Messenger, he just said hi um, uh, yesterday, and he's just a hell of a guy. And it's, it is interesting because he's. We worked obviously. I worked at, the, at a concierge desk at a hotel, so I don't know if it's how it is now, but it's a largely gay industry. And for the front of the house jobs, in the concierge jobs, were there were a lot of gay people there. 
So um, there were at least, there were probably six of us or seven of us who were concierges, and I think probably four were gay. And um, one guy, um, one guy essentially, he, he had, you know, you had that, that, um, that generation of, of gay men who, who were, who were very stoic and quiet, buttoned up about mm-hmm. their sexual, you wouldn't have known. Like you know? Sal from Mad Men or whatever. Exactly, exactly. And, um, and a lot of these guys, and it's, and it's, you know, a lot of these guys, they were awesome. They were my friends. Um, but one of these guys you know, lived through the 80s and that, the crisis with, with AIDS. And, and you, you can understand what a nightmare that must have been, especially when they had no idea what was going on, just to be losing people and, you know, people who would hang out with you. And the guy I used to know named Jonathan was just a, the sweetest guy on the earth. And, uh, you know, he was, I think he was a guy who was in his youth and in the 80s was probably, not probably, he drank too much. And I don't know if he did anything else, but, you know, like everybody else and, and may, maybe more so because of what they were going through. Just a sweet, he was an angel of a guy. Um, you know, he, he, he conquered his demons and he didn't drink anymore. And he, we talked about the, the, some of the bars that he used to go to this night, but he would never speak about, he was very conservative. You know, he would never talk about guys or anything romantic, you know, what, but, um, we talked about, um, but, but, you know, you knew in, from talking to friends of his, what he had been through in the eighties and, and, and your circle of friends just get decimated. And at a time when you don't know what the hell is going on and, can you imagine? I mean, you you weren't really a barfly like like I was. So, mm-hmm. but it, that it, that my twelve core people, you know, every month someone's dropping off, and there's no cure, and AIDS was a death sentence. And imagine just the blood that does to you emotionally. So anyway, so anyway, something happened emotionally to him after I had left the hotel and gotten into radium in the early two thousands, and he I think he went on a just a drinking bender or something like that. Anyway, he he ended his life essentially. Ugh. Um. He, and he was in his late fifties, early sixties, then, and uh, just a, he seemingly had it all set, life all set. He was a great, probably the, I mean, he could have been mayor of Boston. Everybody loved him, um, and just, uh, just couldn't take it. And who knows, you know, with these ghosts that come to you, and um, and uh, you know, this guy who I talked to last night on Facebook, he found him in his apartment, you know, having oh. died, and. Jesus, I can't imagine. At the same time, I think this guy's who I talked to, his brother died young ten years ago. Like, holy God! By the way, this is not where this this is going here. I don't even know why I got. I started off. The point of that is that I don't even know what the point of that is. But I I talked to a good friend, and it's just you don't know what people are going through, and you it's it's nice to catch up with people. And we've all had this. I've had it in my life, and you've had it in your life. Everybody has, where. It's good to cherish good quality people around you, and that is bigger. All of these guys who I'm talking about, by the way, were all big liberals and hated. Obviously, I was the jerk guy who loved George W. Bush and, mm-hmm. and hated Clinton and whatever. And, and, and most of them would just brush me off when I talked about politics. But at the end of the day, it's really – politics is just politics. It's just another channel of stuff. I understand it has ramifications in the real world and this and that, but it, it, it just ain't worth it getting – upset and making it ruin your day there are parameters involved in this democracy which prevent you know the unspeakable from happening 
because the, the, the founders of this country knew what jackasses uh, we are capable of being. And they said, you know, let's make a fairly jackass-proof system here. So don't sweat it. And don't hate people over politics. Doesn't make any sense. In the, at the end of the day, there are just a few handful of good people who will have affected your life. And it doesn't matter if they had a hate is no home here uh, yard sign or if they have a, a Trump yard sign or the flag with Trump on top of a tank shirt loose with a machine gun. Or, or it, it, it doesn't matter is what I'm saying. I, it, so, yeah, and it, I think about that because, you know, just a few minutes ago I was uh, just going – through Facebook, and I, I saw another guy I worked with in radio, a sales guy. He was probably in around 50. He's got a couple of kids, and he's got this picture of him. Good guy, nice guy, big liberal. He's got a picture of him with a I Voted sticker on, and his son and daughter, who are probably 10 years old, cute kids, and they have I Voted stickers on, too. And he said, you know what? Today we early voted in Massachusetts, and or it couldn't have been today. It was whatever day it was. And we're really proud because now we've did the first step. This ends here. The hate must end. The anger will end. The racism ends here. The the xenophobia ends here. The mean attitudes towards each other end here. This ends here. And he's got his kids. There, and the evil ends here, essentially. And he's got his kids. I thought, what are you doing? What are you doing? They hate and meanness and all that stuff. The president's a, a sticker in pulling pulling the uh, a vote for somebody is not... That is not connected to hate ending here. First of all, you're in Massachusetts, so it doesn't matter. You know, the other guy's not going to win anyway. But also, really, you you have words like racism and hate, and you don't define even what that means. It's just simply hate ends here and racism ends here. And so your kids now, what if Trump wins? You've never bothered to explain what hate and racism mean to your kids. They just know that there are evil things happening. So now they're going to panic, and you're going to, the day after the election in the morning, write about how your son and daughter were in the fetal position crying. And also, when you just say the hate ends here, the racism ends here, what that, your lack of, of defining what that means exactly to you also means that you, without any more analysis, are labeling everybody who voted for Trump as that without even an effort, an iota of effort to understand at all. And that's no good. That's no good. This, this reliance upon politics to be our, our, our you know, moral compass is a mistake. It's also extremely naive. It, it, it's dumb, dumb stuff. It's naive. It's, it's damaging. If anything, one of the services I think Trump has done as president is to show people just how fallible a president is, just how, what a big job it is and what a tough, clunky bureaucracy that the chief, chief executive is uh, lording over. It's incredible. So lighten the frig up, okay? Don't, first of all, don't get the I voted sticker. That already tells me that's already a red flag. You know, <laughs> I did something I did something important. Just shut up. You just voted, okay? Don't act like, it, it, okay, you just, I did something important. Well, if I quizzed you in detail about every p part of Joe Biden's platform, I get the feeling that, 98.4% of people would have no idea what Joe Biden's for. They would know he generally is for the clean, Green New Deal, and that's good. You know, generally, he's, um, he's, for, um, <coughs> he's for beating COVID, and that's good, because obviously Trump just wanted Wall Street to do well. You know, it's just whatever. And that works both ways, by the way. 
it is interesting how how massively people are willing to upend their lives. Uh oh. So my wife has just passed a note from my daughter, and my wife just nodded to my daughter. Uh oh. What's going on? Discuss. Talk to me. I have to repeat. Um, so she wants to know if she can have balsamic and mozzarella. Of course. Good girl. But also, she just accidentally punched her scratched thigh. Ouch. <laughs> I was like, this? That hurts. Okay. <laughs> yes, you may have that. That is good. I Sorry like that. Sorry about your injury. Sorry about your injury. All right. So let me get back to... Um, so that's our preamble lesson. By the way, guys, holy goodness... Nothing as cool as a 47-year-old fat guy playing house music as if he's remotely cool. But this is our 100th episode, so this is a reason to party. Alice, you may dance. You look cute dancing. You know? Cute women look cute dancing. It's just a thing about that. Meanwhile, me and Trump dancing. Actually, that was very much Trump's dance you were doing. I was doing Trump's dance. Did you see the TikTok girl doing Trump's dance moves? No. It's it's a good TikTok video, but you can't see it. He on is a so podcast, funny with so him, I'll send with, it to you later. With him dancing. So I want to get to a little bit of the Joe Biden stuff from last week, and um, just something that he does. <laughs> I watched so much Joe Biden over this weekend, and um, I'm glad we broke it up by having dinner with some great friends. By the way, our group is growing, Alice. What was just two, just you and I, has grown to four. Um, and we won't uh, won't give their IDs away because they're local people, and one of whom is a business uh, person in the community. And now there's six of us, Alice, with the addition of uh, Michelle and Greg. Um, and uh, these are good people. I thought you weren't going to name people. Well, no, but they don't know. They're from a different state. They won't. They won't. The the listeners won't know. They the uh, they won't get doxxed. If you guys get doxxed for that, then this show has more reach than I thought it did. So <laughs> I'm sorry about the doxing, but wow, that's great. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I'm glad that was broken up. We got to talk to friends because that's uh, one of the themes we're going for here. And that's important because I watched so much Joe Biden this weekend. I went through on C-SPAN and just watched and watched and watched and watched and watched. And I did notice, I did have, I have seen him in action in person, just making a human connection. And he's not a really smart guy, Joe Biden. And he's not a great politician, but he's good at what he's good at. And one of the things he does in his speeches, in his public speeches in the Senate, he's a pompous jerk, which many senators are from all political stripes. But when he's working a room, a town hall, or if he's working a diner, he goes right to the Scranton Joe. And though that is, you know, it's so, that is a put on, he's a very rich guy and... Uh, but I think he likes that character, and at the end of the day, all that matters is that it works. It makes people in that room feel good. So I watched a lot of Scranton Joe feel good, and feathering off of uh, his debate, his town hall performance last week, I just noticed these, <laughs> this uh, pattern with him. And we will get to that. Uh, we'll work through a little bit of this audio. First of all, the Biden answer... I don't think I have – I don't have the answer on packing the courts, but you saw it. He just equivocated, equivocated, equivocated. Well, he yeah. did ultimately say he's open to other options with the Supreme Court, right? Right. But then he also said, but, you know, this has to be done right with Barrett, but I'll do – but I'll do – you know, so he was – he's dancing uh, – careful dance. But his best answer was 
his best answer and most horrific answer at the same time <laughs> was the the question about uh, I don't even know if the question was about trans or gay issues. I think it was. This was by, by one of the Obama plants in the room. Almost everybody there was a, was a Democrat. That's fine. You know, it happens. Uh, but here we go. My dad was a high school educated, well-read man who uh, was a really decent guy. And I was being dropped off to get, get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate capital of the world at the time. And these two men, I'm getting out to get a, an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because there was a big swimming pool complex. And, uh, and these two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. And I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea that... Now, hold on. Let me tell you what didn't happen. Um, <laughs> two well-dressed men did not get up and hug and kiss each other. And Joe's dad did not say, Joey, they love each other. That thinking would have been so far out of the realm of accepted cultural thinking at the moment. And also, highly speculative. Two men kissing each other, just like... A man or a woman kissing each other does not necessarily mean they love each other. And obviously that is just, he's talking smack and that's fine. Now where he gets a little bit, and we're going to get back to this because his dad calling him Joey. We're going to talk about the Biden parents in a moment and talking to Joey. Because they've done a lot of talking to Joey in ways that I've never heard parents <laughs> talk to kids before. In very progressive ways, apparently for, for 1951, for his dad to say, when Joey's looking at two well-dressed men making out, and his dad said, hey, Joey, they love each other. <clears throat> man. He was a progressive out-of-work 1950s coal miner. He was a one-man stone wall, yes. <laughs> because, wow. I mean. So there's the rest, here's the rest of the answer, of course, where it gets a little more twisted and less funny. An 8-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. If your eight-year-old child says, you know what, I want to be transgender, that's what I think I'd like to be. It would make my life a lot easier. First of all, if you're eight years old, what's not making your life easier? Having to file quarterly for taxes, you know, having to get a new catalytic converter on the <laughs> What is an eight-year-old dealing with, you know, night and day that needs to be made a little bit easier? Other than, like, maybe the action on the remote control or to bust it into your parents' Disney Plus account to watch whatever you want. You know, as an eight-year-old, I want to be a turtle, and I think it would make my life a lot easier. I can hide my shit. That this is this is whack and crazy talk. This is how you have to talk <clears throat> talk as a progressive now. But this is insane. An eight-year-old can't decide what he wants to be. I no can't decide on gender. Can't decide what kind of animal he wants to be. Can't decide he wants to be from England with a Cockney accent, or if he wants to be a birdie. Doesn't matter. Eight-year-olds get no say in what they want to be. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is... So now we've taken a hard turn towards discrimination. And how did that happen? Zero discrimination? Nobody said we're discriminating. But the idea now... Well, actually, no, I take that back, I guess. We should discriminate about what our eight-year-old's allowed to self-declare as. He can't declare that... A little boy declare that I'm... Okay, well... We'll redo your room and change all this stuff and we'll get you makeup and put you in dress and, and cater our entire lives to this new whim of yours. Of course, last week you were an eagle and two weeks ago you were a pangolin and, you know, a month ago you were a mop. But now, you know. <laughs> Too many transgender women of color are being murdered. Well, now what the frig just happened now? How did this now happen? 
Because my son, the eight-year-old, has decided things would be a lot easier. He's looking now at his calendar going forward and saying, you know what? <laughs> I can't clear this. It would just be a lot easier if I was a woman. Uh, it would just work better for me. I mean, I've done all the – I've looked as an eight-year-old at the landscape and in, well into next quarter and next fiscal year. And this isn't just – this isn't working. This is coming to a grinding halt. I need to be now a little girl. Little, but now there's people – now there's murders happening? They're being murdered. I know you just said that. Who's being murdered? How did this happen? From eight-year-old decides eight-year-old, by the way. An eight-year-old can't go on any of the good rides at like Disney. Eight-year-old decides that he wants to change his gender, and you don't even, oh, oh no freaking problem. You're running to buy the pink paint immediately. You put up no obstruction to that as a parent, and you have to do that because... There are murders? No, I mean, I think it's up to now 17. Don't hold me to that number, but it's, 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 incre- it's, it's higher now. Yeah. And that's just this year. And so I promise you, there is no reason to. Uh, Alice, I need you for a moment. Okay. There are 17 what? Trans women of color murdered so far this year. Okay. But it's higher now. Okay, apparently, yes. And that's another Democrat playing ping pong with him. So who's killing them? Um, I would say. Why are they dying? Are they dying because of discrimination? I is, think in a lot of cases. Is it not illegal to kill a trans person? <laughs> it is illegal to kill trans people. Um, I think a lot of these are um, issues of. Be careful. Okay. Well, let me put this the way that my friends on the left would kill it. Due to uh, biases against trans people. Um, a lot of trans people, particularly trans women of color, are forced by necessity to engage in uh, career options that put them at risk. Put them at risk. Put it that way, and that you know that has the ultimate effect of resulting in, in occasionally their murder. So, are they are they actually are they forced to into a career option that puts them at risk? Um. Isn't like um, Uber hiring? Yeah, but you know, you could make the argument that like people might be less likely to rate an Uber driver as highly, and you know, trans women of color are more likely to have been homeless or kicked out of their homes well, by wait, parents wait, who don't on. accept them. Wait, Uber dri- then... driver, highly. Alice, there's a, a bit of a fissure, I believe, between. You know what? I'm going to give this person one star. So you know what? I think I'm going to murder them at the end of the ride. Well, no, but then like so, then they end up not being an Uber driver right. because their ratings are lower, and their only option is then something more shady, right? Like that's the idea of the thing. And that if we had better protections against discrimination for trans people, and they we had better mental health care for them, and we made now, sure they didn't is, get kicked this, out by their parents mm-hmm. and made homeless, then right. they would have better career. So prospects. this options. That's more shady. Is this an option that is pilloried and condemned by the left if they want to do that option? No. Is this an option that's celebrated by the left? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, by the way, back to the hotel. Um, there was a fellow when I worked at the hotel who was in the – worked in essentially uh, food and beverage, and he was a – I don't know. He was a guy, but he would go out as a woman. Trans woman. 
Okay. So he would go out at night as a woman, mm-hmm. and he would pick up dates. Mm-hmm. And very often, the men would assault him. Ostensibly, because they had found out that he was not as appeared. Although, I find it hard to believe. And maybe that was their cover story. You know? I don't know. But he was a great guy. He is a great guy. Hopefully, he's doing all right. Um, but, okay. All right. So, let's get the rest of Joe Biden's uh, answer here. To suggest that there should be any right denied your daughter or daughters, whichever, one or two. One. One. Your daughter. She's not enamored at all with this back and forth. It's just one. Yeah, my dad, you're talking. He's talking to me. That your other daughter has a right to be and do. None. Zero. Really? Joe? Really? Your eight-year-old has a right to be and do. Screw that. But, I mean, people need to... And if there were debate moderators and they weren't scared to death, a real moderator would would say, hold on, Joe, what are you suggesting? How much agency should an eight-year-old have over themselves with these kind of... I mean, of tra- eight is like... For Massa- well, we live in Massachusetts, but eight is like on the old side for when kids around here decide that they're the wrong gender. Right. We know like five year olds. Yeah, which yeah, which is not which is fine, and I know that you're supposed to get canceled for saying anything, but it's not cool. I I wish the best to all the five year olds who want to be girls, who are boys, and want to be boys, who are girls, and that's fine. But I would think that the parents maybe should be more parenty and less activisty in progressive so uh so there's other two cuts i played i just have i just i won't even play them again uh so here's what gets me and this is the, the funny thing about this do you have anything about more about this you'd like to talk about alice because i'm going to move on here to, to just a part of it that is, amuses me it's the anniversary show it's 100 episodes so i'm gonna be in a good mood we'll, gonna... we'll hit hunter biden a little bit later okay i keep although going. he's you can having a rough going. patch too Okay, so here, let's go back to the beginning of this answer. My dad was a high school educated, well-read man who uh, was a really decent guy. And I was being dropped off to get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate capital of the world at the time. And these two men, I'm getting out to get an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because there was a big swimming pool complex. We know about the pool. This is the most (laughs) notorious pool in the history of the United States of America. My dad was a high school. Sorry, I got to start it again. I can't cue this uh, thing up. Well educated, well read man who uh, was a really decent guy. And I was being dropped off to get, get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate capital of the world at the time. Thank you for that, Joe. The corporate capital of the world at the time. Did you know that, Alice? They apparently is a, a. And these two men, I'm getting out to get a, an application to be a lifeguard in the African American community because there was a big swimming pool complex. And. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> and these two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one. Well-dressed. Of course they were well-dressed. I mean, he knows that the gays are well-dressed. And I kissed one another. I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a... T- I love that. By the way, he is so... That's one of the things about Joe is that his stereotypes, which should be considered offensive, I'm not offended by them because I just think he's a doddering guy from that generation mm-hmm. and he doesn't get that, but he is big. He's into stereoty- racial stereotypes. He's certainly into gay stereotypes. A lot of you are very successful businessmen and women. If you were at a fancy restaurant in Washington five, six years ago, 
at an important business meeting and a gay or lesbian huh? waiter came up huh? or transgender spoke with a lisp or demonstrated they were <laughs> gay or lesbian. Spoke with a lisp. Or otherwise demonstrated you, that they were gay. I mean. Can you imagine? I mean, that is so, like, that pretty much petered out. Uh, can you imagine? So I'll be a server tonight. Like, like everybody's got to be absolutely stereotypical for Joe. Spoke with a lisp. Kind <sighs> of, um, uh, you know, kind of pranced over to your table, if you know what I mean. And someone at that luncheon table said, made fun of that person. No one would have said anything. Not a joke. They, if they made fun of him just five years ago, nobody would have said anything. I want you to literally think about this. Today, if that same thing happened, the other four or five people at the table say, you horse's tail, get out of here. <laughs> really? <laughs> Jesus. Is that what they'd say? <laughs> it's like, you know, like even the, the gay people in the audience and the servers who were listening to that are like, like, we know that your heart's in the right place, Joe, but can you have somebody else talk about this <laughs> stuff? I mean, oh. he's really as bad as... Trump is with this oh. stuff because they're both just like old guys and oh yeah you know they're both trying to like <coughs> impress I mean they both do the same thing about the black community too oh they yeah just yeah. every time they talk about it it's just like you know like your grandparents explaining to you how accepting they are of oh all yeah the races and, and we like, remember like if you're my age and, and um, you know our parents the way they talked about gay people it was different my dad. I remember my dad one time, and my dad didn't—he didn't care if gay or straight. He just didn't—he didn't know, which was astounding. <laughs> you know, I was in my twenties, like I told you, and I worked in hospitality. I had worked before that on a cruise ship with um, with um, the the performers, you know, the the ship singers and dancers, and that was an immersion. I mean, that was, yeah, there was no doubt. So, so um, but like my, my dad. Grew up in Vermont in the, uh, you know, in the 40s and 50s. Kind of like he was Biden's age. And I remember him one time. Him, uh, he worked with this guy in the early 90s. A great guy um, who who was obviously gay. Obviously gay. You know, just like Biden said. All the stuff that the, way, that the waiter, you know, you know. And, uh. And I was just like, yeah, well, that's interesting. It makes sense. Vermont, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of gay and lesbian people in Vermont. I think there's a lot of gay and lesbian people in Vermont. It's fine. So, so anyway, um, I remember um, talking to the guy, and his like name was Dan or something, and and he said, yeah, he's uh, he said, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm only gonna be working with your dad for like another month or so because I'm saving money and opening I'm opening up a bed and breakfast. Um, with my friend, like, um, like Bruce or something. And I said, uh, oh, bread and breakfast, that's great. I work in a hotel right now. I can imagine just doing a few rooms like that. Are you going to have housekeepers or whatever? And he was like, no, nah, I think it'll just be us at first. And we had a good talk. And it was interesting, you know, interesting guy, interesting guy. And, uh, and I said, uh, I said, uh, told my dad later, dad, he's an impressive guy. Dan's an impressive guy. And he said, yeah, he's great. We're going to miss him. I said, do you have any other gay guys working with you? And he said, What? And I said, "Do you have any other like gay guys working with you?" I've I didn't. I, we're up in northern Vermont here. I just didn't know. There's a couple of different cultures back then, more so, you know. In Vermont. <laughs> and he said, "Wait a second, you're saying he's a gay?" 
And I said, well, are you serious? And he said, <laughs> and he said yes. And I said, Dad, he's opening up a bed and breakfast with his friend Bruce in Vermont. I mean, that is a perfect strike for being, <laughs> yeah. that is a that is gayer than gay could possibly be. Absolutely, he's gay. And he said, wow, I had no idea. I said, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't see how you could have not have had, but it was like just the way he, he didn't, I mean, he didn't give a damn that the guy was gay or not. He just didn't, you know, the guy didn't see, I, I, you know, it's just generational. You know, maybe when my dad was growing up, either gay men were in the closet, probably, mm-hmm. for the most part, or gay men were hanging out at just a few different bars. You know, the kind of bars where probably a lot of people get hurt um, in Boston. And so, like, you wouldn't think that, wow, they're the gay people are everywhere. Why? This is a gay broadcast podcast. I didn't mean it to be. How did I get on this? Oh, Biden. Still talking about Biden. Right. And it's one answer. Right. So, by the way, I, I never said that about that story about my dad. I don't think that says anything bad about him. He just didn't know. Yeah, and I it, think it's different. Like, people have different cultural references right. around that subculture now that, you know, a kid from rural Vermont in the 40s probably wouldn't have had. Right. And I think, like, I mean, there's a whole generation, maybe a couple of generations of people who lived life and passed away never thinking Liberace was gay. Just thinking he was an extremely colorful pianist. Rock Hudson. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Rock Hudson's unbelievable. I mean, such a uh, macho man. You know, great look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think with, with a lot of these. All right. So. So anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point, long drawn out point is this. Is it Joe's dad? They always call him Joey. You know, and they always have advice for him. And the advice is like never... It's never the advice that you would have for your kids, generally. Like, I remember my dad saying to me, Tommy, and he would call me Tommy, and that is my name. I got in trouble for punching a girl in my class in second grade because she had kicked me in the chin. It's shin, I'm sorry. Michelle Sullivan had clogs on and kicked me in the shin at full blast, and it killed, it hurt like hell, so I punched her in the arm. And I got in trouble. That's how the law was back then. Rightly she, so, right, rightly so. She did not get in trouble. This is second grade. She did not get in trouble. And I told my dad when I got home, and he said, Tommy, you never hit a girl. Never hit a girl. Never do that. Never do that. And um, and I remember my dad saying to my brother, Jimmy, Jimmy, you always protect your brother. It's always, you, you know, make sure you share with your brother. There's another one. I'm always share with your brother, this and that. You know, uh, you know, Tommy, don't tease a dog. Don't tease a dog. You know, if you're a little kid, mm-hmm. like our kids sometimes torment the dogs, you don't tease a dog with a piece of meat, knock of a dog a piece of meat. Like, like right. kid stuff that they would tell you, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that's that's very pragmatic that you would need to know. If you don't know what yours are, if you're a parent, then you can ask your kids and they'll happily tell you, too. My kids tell me things that I say all the time. And I'm like, huh, wow, yeah, I do say right. that. But Chew the, your food. Chew. <laughs> they always tell me Right. That. That's exactly right. Chew your food. Chew your food. It's pragmatic stuff that you need to know. But with with Biden... With his dad, like the Joey talks he got are all like Old Testament on tablets kind of things. <laughs> they were heavy wisdom, not diluted by at all with trying to trying to um, sugarcoat for a kid. No, they're all these big, big, <laughs> they're always big pronouncements. You know, my dad was an honorable, decent man. He got knocked down a few times pretty hard, but he always got back up. He worked hard 
and he built a great middle-class life for our family. Good. He used to say, Joey. All right. Joey? Always work hard. Always work hard. Or how about this? Um, um, show up on time. Or you can always... Um, always get back know. up if you get knocked down. Right. So and that's what they Those are doing. sayings. I don't expect the government to solve my problems, but I sure in hell expect them to understand them. What? <laughs> Joey? I don't expect the government to uh, help with all my problems. I sure expect to understand... What the hell? That's what he said? That seems a bit... <laughs> that seems a bit pointed. And then he'd say, Joey... A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. All right. Also, okay. also, about a paycheck's a big part of it. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. Joey. Joey's seven here. <laughs> what, Daddy? I mean, he's the kid's got, like, chocolate in his hair. It should be, <laughs> Joey, always wash your hair when after eating chocolate. No, 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 no. It's got to be this stoic pronunciation, pr- pronouncement. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. I've never forgotten those lessons. He he just asked if he could have a chocolate milk, um, Mr. Biden. I don't know if necessarily he needed all of that stuff. My dad, uh, my dad had just one saying. Oh, was it just one? I get the feeling (laughs) there's not just one. My dad used to have only one thing to say when he come watch me play football. Or baseball. From the time I started playing in the fourth grade, he said, Joey, just get up. Get knocked down, get up. Just get up. Child, you know how to get up, man. Dad, can I have further instruction? <laughs> Maybe after I get up, I realize that, um, that you're a man of few words. You know, other than the government should understand your problems, but not so as to fix them all. You know how to get up. That's right. My dad used to say... The measure of man or woman not what wasn't whether they got knocked down, but I- what do you think the measure is? Whether they got up? I think you're probably right. How quickly they got up. <laughs> By the way, why is that the measure of a man and a woman? You know, and why does Joey, poor kid from Scranton and somewhere in Pennsylvania, why does Joey need to know that? Why can't it be like Joey? If you're pitching to a boy and you want to throw a curveball, hold the ball in the seams and twist it a little bit to the right. It's never, it's never simple. I mean, it's never something that simple and pragmatic that a kid needs to know. His dad was a fountain of important, principled knowledge. My grandfather Finnegan, Joey, remember, nobody, nobody's better than you. You can do anything. Can anybody talk to this child like a kid? Grandfather <laughs> Finnegan or, or uh, his pop? Anybody? The one thing I always remember my grandmother said, it seems to prove true, by all the studies we have done, all the hearings we've had, she used to use a phrase that is used probably 50 different ways by 50 different cultures and by a million different people. She'd always say, Joey, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Sounds kind of corny, doesn't it, Mr. President? But like I said, this is not rocket science. Yeah, it is not rocket science, Joey. It's your, uh, you're recounting your grandmother's almost accurate <clears throat> um, recitation of a, uh, of a good saying. That's the one thing she used to say. Grandmother used to say, I don't mind, Joey. That was in front of the Senate in 1994, by the way, in a throwaway speech, if you want to know how much long I spent watching this guy. Joey, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. 
You know, the, I think he wants a pop tart. Um, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't need this heavy burden of you know the few tools of life that he's going to need to to you know to, to make his way through the troubled wilderness of uh, of adulthood. Jesus, lighten up, Joey, Grandma. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. My grandmother used to tell my brother and I not to look in mirrors because we weren't that good looking. She, you know, she would say, you're always looking in mirrors. Don't look in mirrors. Neither of you are that good looking. That was useful. The <laughs> idol's mind, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. What are you supposed to do with conceptual advice? My grandpa oh, Christ. was not Hispanic. He was a- <laughs> No kidding? Um... That seems like an odd stop, but okay, we'll, we'll start from the top of this. My grandpa. Was- you know why he said that? Why? Because he was probably, every bone in his body saw the audience, who was probably Hispanic, and he thought, we're going Hispanic here. We're going Hisp- Hispanic here. And then, like, Jill's training and his political consultant's training at the last minute, like, kicked in and said, no, don't do it. You're not Hispanic, Joe. I know you want to be. <laughs> no, it's tempting. My grandpa was not Hispanic. He was an Irishman. And every time I'd walk out of his door up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, he'd say, Joey, keep the faith. You know, my grandma, when she was alive, would yell, no, Joey, spread it. <laughs> Can he just leave the house <laughs> without somebody, somebody peppering him <clears throat> with these um, you know, human resource posters? Every time I learned at my grandpa's kitchen table uh, that money doesn't determine. There's no Spanish uh, kitchen table, by the way. Determine your worth. That no one, no one in the world, Joey, is more worthy than you or better than you. But everybody's your equal. These are real lessons I learned here in Scranton. You didn't like learn how to butter an English muffin at the kitchen table. How come it's not that? How about learning with your grandpa? How to clean a fish at the kitchen. How about learning how to do a big puzzle kitchen table? Nope. This is no. This is the Biden household here. This is heavy. This is Jarrell talking to Superman level uh, instruction. I learned at my grandpa's kitchen table that money doesn't determine your worth. That no one, no one in the world, Joey, is more worthy than you or better than you. But everybody's your equal. These are real lessons I learned here. Scranton. Money doesn't determine your worth, but you know I've got a few of these from a few different de- decades. Yes or no, Alice? Jo- a job is uh, more than a paycheck. Correct, job Joey. Is more. A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. About community. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. Mm-hmm. It's about your place in the community. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, "Honey, it's gonna be okay." Stop being called honey, by the way, by your dad, Joey. He does that a lot. I heard way too much of that, too. My dad would say, and at first I didn't understand it, but he'd repeat all the time, but you guys feel in your bones. See, Joey? Joey, Joey, can you imagine if I spent as much time telling my kids these things? You know, James, he'd be like, oh, Christ, Jesus, get me out of here. He'd jump into the laundry bin. A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. Is it about more than a paycheck? It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. It's about who you are. Yeah, there's an addendum to it. 
My dad used to say, Joey, a job. Guess what a job is? It's about more than a paycheck. It's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. Exactly. It doesn't matter what community. In some communities, a couple of well-dressed guys will kiss each other. These two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. Understand that, Joey? I learned from my mom. She used to say, look at me, Joey. Ah, oh, Jesus. To those of you who hate the Joey cuts, <coughs> the good news is that we're more than half done. The bad news is there's a lot more to uh, to come. But I just think it's fascinating. Fascinating. He goes to this well of what his dad said and mom said and is co- totally contrives a few different things. Like parents talk to you that way. My dad used to say, actually, the wisest thing he would say to me is nothing's free, which I didn't understand then, but now I understand now. Mm-hmm. And in the supermarket, I would grab the stuff off the wall that was like, buy one, get one free. And I'd say, no, dad, this is free, this piece of paper. And he said, nope, nothing's free. He's right, nothing is free. He also used to say, Tom, never get married. He used to tell me and Jimmy. He was a, he was the most married, anti-married man I've known. <laughs> he was married at least four times, as far as I know. Never get married, Tommy. Never get married. He also told us to never get old. <clears throat> which I do tell my kids, which they think is a waste of time. And they're right. But it's not that a job is much more than a paycheck, Jamesy. job is about your place in the community. Now, the, all that stuff may be true, but it's not the kind of stuff parents say. But giving my word as a Biden to this. She- oh, well, okay then. He's giving us his word as a Biden. Look at me, Joey. Remember, you're defined by your courage and you're redeemed by your loyalty. Isn't that a little heavy for a <laughs> seven-year-old? Jesus Christ, just give him his like uh <clears throat> give him his cupcake with the candle in it that you blow and it pretends to go out and then it's not out again. Just do that. Why are you dumping all this? There's three kids, by the way. Save some of these <laughs> overbearing freaking wisdom for the other two. Oh, it's all Joey. Joey, no pressure, but you rem- it's up to you to remember this crap and go to Washington. <laughs> I learned from my mom. She used to say, Look at me, Joey. And giving my word as a Biden to this. Say, look at me, Joey. Remember, you're defined by your courage and you're redeemed by your loyalty. Joey, the diffusion of water through a semi-permeable membrane. Look at me, Joey. Get this. Remember this. You're going to need this, Joey. My mom used to always say, Gene Finnegan Biden from Scranton, she said, Joey, remember, look at me, Joey. Nobody is better than you, but everyone is your equal. And I never understood what that meant because it doesn't mean anything. You know what I wonder what this could be? Because most of these that I have start in the, in the 90s and then go up until this year, until last week. <clears throat> could be that this is a tool that he used so that he doesn't have to borrow from other politicians. So he doesn't steal anybody else's story or biography, which he has done in the past. In the mm-hmm. 80s he did, which got him in trouble. So it could be instead of just stealing somebody's experience... He's just attributing this stuff to his parents. Joey? Nobody can question that. They say Joey, so it must be true. As my mother was here, she were here, she'd say, Joey, hush up and take some questions. Really? She would say, hush up and take some questions? <laughs> Jesus, that's now that's awful pointed, you know? If, if she were here, I remember her specifically being in situations where I had the ability, the opportunity to either bloviate more or take some questions. She used to say to me, Joey, 
Even though I was 63 at the time, she would say, Joey, hush up and take some As questions. As my mother was here, she were here, she'd say, Joey, hush up and take some questions. Anything else Gene Finnegan Biden would say? Vice my mother's motto was, she said, you know, you're defined by your courage, you're redeemed by your loyalty. Have we been, have we hit that before? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe we have. Here's another. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, Gene Finnegan Biden speaks again. Mother who said, Joey, you got to say, please excuse my back when I'm talking. I apologize to everybody back here. So, Alice, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. If I tell you that my mother used to say, please excuse my back while I'm talking. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Gene Finnegan Biden used to say it. Mother who said, Joey, you got to say, please excuse my back when I'm talking. I apologize to everybody back here. So what he's doing is he's talking to a bunch of people. Uh-huh. And there are people seated behind him, too, or standing behind him. Oh, oh, oh. He, so he's like in the middle of the crowd. Right. So now he's saying that, oh, I got to talk to you guys, too. But he's having Gene Finnegan Biden. That becomes an old, <coughs> old woman Biden thing. My mother used to say, you got to talk to the people behind you as well. As if that's a saying that moms say. Mother who said, Joey, you got to say, please excuse my back when I'm talking. I apologize to everybody back here. I mean, isn't this something politicians use for cover, though? Like, they want to say something, so they say, like, oh, this is what my family told me. That's like the Liz Warren Indian story, right? Is It's like, you can get away with saying a lot more stuff if you just attribute it to your parents' And old-time wisdom. Right. Uh, once but, I heard... But if they're talking to Joey, they're talking to a little kid. And I understand, a little kid, you might say, Lizzie, your grandpappy and grandmama weren't allowed to get married because the rest of your family were racist, but now you're half North Dakota Sioux, and, um, and you're as Indian as anybody else. And I understand that. But to say, like, these weird big bromides, <laughs> you know... Like, a man's constitution is only worth his salt in the public discourse when it comes to gravity and uh, all those celestial uh, factors in a convergence. Christ, Dad, I'm six. What do I do with any of that? You know, I just... No wonder why he feels free to let eight-year-olds decide that they're allowed to be whatever they want to be. He was burdened with a lot more. (laughs) My dad made that walk in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And he told us, but he said, everything's going to be okay, Joey. Why would he just tell you? What the other two kids get? What about Jim Biden? Isn't Jim Biden like along with Hunter in the news? Is it Jim? I'm not sure. About there's another. That. There's another Biden. I said, "How you doing, buddy?" He said, "Doing okay, Joey." I said, "You still driving?" He said, "No, only guys like you that never worked in your life can continue to work." That's just an odd story he tells <laughs> on the campaign trail about some guy who's supposedly a friend, but it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> All right, we're almost there. Almost done with the Joey's. Joey, I don't expect the government to solve my problems, but I sure in hell expect them to understand them. Damn right. I remember driving my 51 candy apple red Plymouth convertible with towels for seat covers. (laughs) By the way, his dad managed a car lot with new cars. A 51, a 1951 car. He remembers driving it. Joey's not an overly young man. But anyway, you get it. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe your parents spoke the same exact way. Maybe this is just uh, Mrs. How They Do. My dad, uh, my dad had just one saying. My dad used to have only one thing to say when he'd come watch me play football or baseball. From the time I started playing in the get fourth up, grade, he said, up. Joey, 
Just get up. We get it. We get it. Thank you, Mr. Biden. Thank you, Finnegan Biden. Thank you, Gene Finnegan Biden. Joey. 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 Well, there you go. That's the Joey's. Something else he said, by the way, that I found a little piece of audio sometime in like 1996. Are you allowed to say this? American workers are three times as productive by every study as Asian workers are. Is that okay? Joey, I always point out the difference between Asian laziness and American hard work. I don't know. All right. Back to the show. <sighs> what do you mean? You didn't like the Joeys? I mean, I liked them. There was a lot of them. That's every Joey for the <laughs> last 40 years. That's what I've been doing this week. <laughs> That's good. Uh, all right. Back to the burn barrel. So, Hunter Biden is in trouble. Well, no, I don't know if he's in trouble. I don't even know if he's got teeth at the moment or if he's in cars. I don't even know where he is. But the Hunter Biden stuff is, um, it certainly hit this week. And there, there's there been, the left has done everything they can to to, to smash it away. Um, but uh, but there, it appears anyway that Hunter set up a meeting for Joey, for Joey, and um, and the honcho at Burisma. It looks like he may have set up some kind of meeting with some Chinese in Washington as well. And he was paid. Hunter was paid on both occasions to do this stuff. Now Biden has denied this stuff forever for the last couple of years. Anyway, remember. Remember the fat guy put it to him last year. I got a question I want you to answer. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there, holding their foreign aid for, for them to come up, saying they're going to investigate you. We don't know what we're going to do. We've uh, no back what we're going to do. But you, on the other hand, Send your son over there. Get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience with gas or nothing. In order to get access to the public, to the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he is. So you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has heard that. No. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I, I'm not sedentary. I don't. I get up and, and, and that's his first shot at the guy. By the way, I'm not sedentary because the guy is a fat. Let, let, let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take the nice Joey, never let a fat guy uh, <laughs> face you down. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't once. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I Get your word straight, Jack. You don't hear that on MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get an argument with you, man. Well, yeah, you do. But, uh, but look, fat, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It looks, it looks like you 
By the way, I'm not sure if they still stand by this, but the Biden campaign maintains that he didn't say look fat. He said, look, facts. Here's the deal. Which, first of all, makes no sense Mm. (laughs) in context. And also, it doesn't sound like he says that. But, I mean, this is a totally legitimate line of questioning, and it's becoming more legitimate by the day. Right. And Axios asked this stuff last year as well. On your son, Hunter Biden, uh, President Trump says... Sweepy Joe has real problems. Reminds me of Crooked Hillary and her 33,000 deleted emails. A lot of the Ukraine charges about you have been debunked and were unfair. There's one thing that a lot of Democrats even do wonder about, and that is Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine the average Joe hears that and says, Joey. that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody. Well, no you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But th- you, you, would, you would have some interest in what your son's doing, right? Oh, yeah. I like, mean, if my kid were making tens of thousands of dollars per month on the board of uh, an oil company that's under investigation by a foreign government, I would find that kind of interesting, to be perfectly honest with you. (laughs) Well, that, yes, but anything. Like, my job was to vacuum ballrooms for a living and then have guys from Guyana yell at me and stand over me as I screwed dance floor pieces together. And my dad was fascinated by my job. You know, dads are generally, parents are generally interested in what their mm-hmm. kids are up to. It doesn't matter. But he's thought, well, well, it's funny seeing you on this flight on Air Force Two, uh, Hunter. Huh, I have no more curiosity, <laughs> as you are. That doesn't pass the smell test. Like, when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know no. what's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down no. some guardrails? Um, unless there was something that was, uh, there was something on its face that was wrong. There's nothing on his face that was wrong. So, look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. I mean, come on. This is... So, <laughs> these so, guys are amazing. Well, talk about it, Joe. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one... This is Axios. I don't know much about Axios. I probably don't like them. But this guy is doing an interview, and he's staying on target, and that is mm-hmm. good. It's also... Probably because he's at least 50. Single bit of evidence. Not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. But you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you, know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do. But I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. Last one on this. Uh, say you're elected. You're in office. What guardrails would you have to be sure that your son, your brother Jimmy, doesn't... Uh, do anything to trade on the family name. They will not be engaged in any foreign business because of what's happened in this administration. No one's going to be seeking patents for things from China. No one's going to be engaged in that kind of thing. So no foreign 
business for Correct. your relatives in office. Just a couple of days ago, coming off of a an airplane with the loudest uh, engines in the history of all uh, avionics, Biden was asked by a CBS reporter. I, I have never discussed. Oh, sorry. Mr. Biden, what is your response to the New York Post story about your son, sir? I know you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another smear campaign. Right up your alley. No other questions you always ask. Mean. Of course, the CBS reporters. This is some Zoomer kid it has feelings hurt. Now Paula, Paula Reed or whatever from CBS, the White House correspondent, is saying, "How dare you yell at him, Mr. Biden? How dare you? We complain about Trump doing this. How mm-hmm. dare you?" Well, Trump and Biden are the same person, yes. really. And the way Biden has handled questions on this just shows that he's exactly like Trump. You guys always ask these questions. Like, what a Trumpy thing to say. Right. No, totally. Totally. So that's where we are with the Trump uh, Joey stuff. Joey, I can't get it out of my head. With uh, with the Trump Hunter Biden stuff. I don't know if you've got anything more. I mean, well, yeah. So there's sort of a new story. I think this started to come out yesterday. So we had the initial, the sketchy emails on the sketchy laptop that got dropped off to the computer repairman in Delaware and never picked up. Um, and was given to the FBI in December of last year as part of some investigation that we don't know what it is. Um, and then these other emails came to light from a totally separate source, which is this associate of Hunter and Archer Devin or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. is the other guy that he worked with, um, who's in jail on fraud charges. Um, he gave bright- Hunter. He- Never get in business <laughs> with a man who's likely to be incarcerated. <laughs> he uh, he gave them these emails. This is where the Chinese stuff comes from. So the Ukraine stuff is the laptop in Delaware. This Chinese government stuff, this is or Chinese, I guess, entrepreneurs group um, stuff. This comes from this other guy who's in jail for this. And one thing people are making a big deal of is they're saying that the big guy is going to get a cut of the money that they get for this so a lot of people are speculating that this might mean joe biden already like one of the other people who's on these email chains has come forward and says yes these are real emails Mm -hmm. but let me just point out that we still don't really know to what extent these are real emails and what the context of them is so this is um ron johnson went on this morning with who's ron johnson again um he's a republican senator Mm -hmm. um he's on the uh the which committee? The, Ways and means. Whatever he's in. No, he's not on the committee that's invest that was investigating the Burisma right. stuff. Um, this like law enforcement one, whatever it's called. And uh, the didn't they come up empty? Didn't they? Yes, but they didn't get any of this stuff. So this is why he went on the Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo this morning, and he essentially said um, he had just sent a letter to Ray. And said, why don't we have any of this stuff? The FBI had this laptop, had Mm. these emails since December of last year. What investigation was this part of? Holy crap. What were they investigating? Well, I sent it to you, so. Joey? You have the whole whole audio of the whole interview if you're interested. It's in your Twitter DMs. So he went on. He has a letter out to Ray saying, why don't we have this? Are these legitimate emails? Um, Are they real emails? Because if they're fake and these were planted, that's a crime. 
We need to know about this. What's going on? If they are real emails, then what the heck is going on with Hunter Biden? We needed to know about this. You know, and and the FBI essentially had said back to him, like, oh, we don't know what they are. We don't have no idea. And he's like, you've had this laptop since December. What are you doing? What investigation was this a part of? Do you have evidence to say that this is foreign disinformation? Because everybody on the left is saying, oh, it's Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation, as though they cared when it was the Steele dossier, but whatever. But... But, um, you know, we don't have any evidence, first of all, to say that they're real emails or second of all, to say that they are Russian disinformation. But the FBI should at this point have some of these answers for us because they've had the laptop almost a year, you know, and this if this is Trump associates planting information in collusion with the Russians, then like the American people deserves to know that if. This it, these are legitimate emails that's Hunter Biden engaged in corruption, that then the American people deserve to know that too. And the FBI has had this long enough that they ought to be able to tell Congress something about what is going on with these and if they're legitimate or not. You know, that it's um this has to be further investigated if, to know what's going on from either side. Something stinks in Denmark, Joey. It's weird. It's weird. So Ron Johnson was on uh, Sunday Morning Futures this morning talking about this. Um, He and Maria got some flack because there's sort of this internet rumor that um, I guess the guy who signed off on the subpoena for the laptop has in the past investigated uh, child pornography. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like the Department of Investigations he's worked on. I don't know if enough about that to know if like he's still working on that i don't know if that means that there was some kind of illicit material on this laptop from that sense it's um it's a very confusing situation and the the fbi and federal investigators really need to give people some answers on like what is the legitimacy of this you know i mean and this other source the guy in prison for fraud who's leaking emails as well, saying the yep. Chinese Entrepreneur Club came to Washington and got special treatment and this and that. Like, what is the deal with that? What do they mean by the big guy is getting a cut? Are these real emails? Like, do we know? Uh, these are, I mean, legitimate questions, and I don't think anybody should be in trouble for asking them. It's kind of ridiculous no. the way Twitter and Facebook yeah, are and you acting can't, about I mean, it. this is ridiculous and disgusting what's happening right now to say that what are you doing? You're, 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 you know, choosing in and conspiracy theories, and it's ridiculous, and this could be Russian disinformation. Well, you're also freaking interested in Russia. So interested in everything that's happening mm-hmm. with Russia and disinformation, etc., that we're just helping you out. Consider this the Mueller investigation part two. There's even more stuff. Sick of it. It's mostly about debate prep. He will not be seen again after today until Thursday night in Nashville at that next debate. Biden has called the lid for the next five days? Yep. Great. You're not going to see him till Thursday night. Great. <laughs> he is done. Joey, hide as much as you can. No more questions. When the, especially when it looks like the, your son may be uh, facing an indictment. Holy goodness. What maybe. Else? Maybe Giuliani's going to be facing an indictment. Ooh. But unless somebody investigates it, how will we ever know? I mean, like, what? We're just going to have this come out and no. nobody's going to do anything about well, it? Well, you know what? I know that they're not going to investigate this, Alice, because something even more important has happened, even more horrific has happened. And this was on Earth today on the Jake Tapper show with Laura Trump. 
And what he stumbled onto here, I think, is really a legitimate news story. It's where people's minds are. It's not made or contrived or invented out of whole cloth whatsoever. This is very important. That right. No one predicted. That was an unseen virus we've never seen before. That's what I Okay, mean. I want to ask you a couple of things about, about things that you've, you've done on the campaign trail. Joe Biden, as we all know, has worked to overcome a stutter. Uh, and one of the speakers at the... Well, no, no, hold on. Joe Biden's people have said that he has worked to overcome a stutter. And they say that when he makes gaffes, sometimes that's just a stutter. You can take that as true, Jake, but it's really just a line that they say, neither here nor there. Go ahead. Democratic convention was a, a young boy who the vice president inspired named Braden Harrington. Uh, take a listen. It was really amazing to hear that someone like me became vice president. Braden Harrington, a very brave young boy. You made this comment earlier in the campaign about Joe Biden. Let's take a listen to that. Every time he comes on stage or they turn to him, I'm like, Joe, can you get it out? Let's get the words out, Joe. You kind of feel bad for him. This is horse right here that that Tapper is attempting to do. It is precisely nothing that anybody has ever done is talk about his stutter. His stutter is not a problem. He's it, literally never stuttered on the right. campaign trail. For Tapper to say that she's not making fun of his stutter and by a proxy going after little Braden Harrington means that Tapper is trying to change the subject and feed the news cycle something new to get it off where it is, which is around the, the hunter's neck right now. This is horse bleep. Even for Tapper, this is disgusting. How do you think it makes little kids with stutters feel when they... Are you kidding me right now right now if i was the program director at cnn i would say obviously go to commercial jake's fired i want everybody who produces that show can immediately and to be perp walked out that door immediately and go grab freaking larry king on with steve and Edie from 1986 and play it jesus see you make a comment like that uh, first and foremost, I had no idea that Joe Biden ever suffered from a stutter. I think what we see on stage with Joe Biden, Jake, is very clearly a cognitive decline. Okay. That's what I'm referring to. It makes me uncomfortable. You, have, you are to no. Watch ab, you have, I can't, this is so amazing. It's so amazing to me. And, so amazing. And, and try and figure out an answer. A cognitive decline. Well, when you're trying you, to you, tell you, me that what I was suggesting was. So, Jake, are you mad about her making fun of the stutter or now the cognitive decline? What are you more up in? arms out now <clears throat> what's the most uh, what are you aghast about right now jake since the real news is something you don't want to cover oh my god cognitive de- i can't believe this the stuttering the stutter and then the kid she made fun oh my god i think that you were mocking his stutter idea, yeah i think you were mocking his stutter and i think you have absolutely no standing to diagnose wow. somebody's cognitive de- can you imagine this is whole cloth constructed horse bleep yeah i think you were mocking his stutter is this still an interview jake or is there something else you're trying to do here I mean, nobody's trying to do it. He's just trying to construct something out of new out of nothing. Nobody's ever mocked Biden's stutter because nobody has ever heard Biden stutter. Nobody has ever heard Biden stutter. People have heard Biden screw up a lot with a gaffe, and that's getting through stuff. And Jake knows that, as a matter of fact. Jake used to, I think a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, acknowledged his gaffes. Your husband has been known uh, to make the occasional gaffe. Say that, Jake. You're making fun of Braden's stutter now, Jake. Remember? There's no gaffes. It's just a stutter. And you're making fun. I think you're making fun of his stutter, Jake. 
Uh, oh, you can't even go there. You can after Donald Trump, you well, cannot I want. even say the word. I can't gaff. even say the word gaff. Right? St- gra- ga- stutter means gaff. Gaff means stutter. Joey, stutter means gaff. Uh, and so, uh, what I've done is I've met with uh, v- via via uh, uh, um, what I did this morning with the medical experts. Uh, and so, uh, one, one of the things that um, uh, this is not a stutter. Um, that no, this is a stutter. I think is really important is that uh, we somehow put that back on. There's somehow that we're in a situation where, and uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we uh, we are in a position that. That's we, not a stutter. That's a cognitive decline. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. Classic stutter. All while raising their prices on prescription jugs. Stutter. Jeez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelves. Stutter. Mr. Mayor, city, everywhere I've been hearing all around the country. You're trying your breast. Breast it never feels like stutter. enough. You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. Stand it, stutter. If, if any of that is being purchased by any government agency, that it will not, we will not purchase anything that is not made in America, including including the down rivers uh, uh, line. Stutter. You may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who is a Mormon, uh, the, the governor, okay? Stutter. And I took him on. Good afternoon, on. everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. That's a joke. You didn't know where we were anyway. <laughs> I had no problem with the joke, but those He's were all... Uh, reading the directions off the teleprompter a stutter also, or not knowing what state you're in? I don't know. Is that a stutter? Because I'm just curious. I mean... It's so disingenuous by Jake Tapper to play the video of the stuttering child and then play Laura Trump directly afterwards, like implying that it almost implies that she's talking about that video. That's what's so just dishonest. Oh, it's, it's about disgusting. It. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It's awful. Um, anything I left on the table, else? Well, then he goes into her for uh, saying that Joe Biden has cognitive decline right. and that, you know, you of all people, of someone in the Trump family, you should know better than to diagnose people. I mean, I believe CNN has uh, featured speculation about Trump's mental state. Oh, yeah. 25th Plenty of Amendment. Times. Because, yeah, he was they having a nervous breakdown. They speculate about yes. his health and his mental stability constantly. Any else housekeeping we have to do, Alice, or should we celebrate our uh, 100th episode? What about um, the John James? Is that his name? The Michigan Senate candidate that I sent you? Oh, this is the guy who got cut off? Yeah. So um, we've seen a lot on Twitter's been... You know, we have an election coming up. They've been very vigilant about making sure that nobody posts any doctored media uh, or misleading uh, videos and and audio to Twitter to make sure that they're cutting back on the spread of disinformation in advance of the election. Um, So we have a Michigan as Senate candidate um, running who's he came very close within a couple of points last time of uh, winning this winning a Senate seat in Michigan. Now he's running again. Um, so the left has been spreading it, this video of him answering a question about health care. If you can 
Play first the doctored one and then play the rest of his answers in the second link right It's a contest between the two of you. Absolutely. And I think you have talked about and, and run so many ads talking about wanting to protect people who have pre-existing conditions and yet you have supported the repeal of the Ameri of the Affordable Care Act but better known to many as Obamacare and I think a lot, a lot of people have come to understand that those repeal are the same. and what David? repeal and what well we're repeal and well that's what? what I'm gonna ask you repeal but what okay. will you replace it with Republicans have had a about 10 years to show us a new health care plan to replace it with. The president has promised one time and time again it hasn't come. And I don't see a, a full health care plan on your website. What do you want to replace it with? So here's the thing. Um, I'm not, or I, I'm not uh, a politician. That's the end. So he had no answers, right? He had no answers. His only answer was that he's not a politician. Now, if you will, can you play the rest of the answer that is cut off in the Twitter video that's circulating? Uh, Health care is unaffordable for too many Americans. And I believe that by increasing competition, uh, increasing choice, increasing quality of care, uh, lowering costs, I think we can do that with some of the ways I proposed. Again, um, broadening the risk pools across state lines and uh, getting regulatory tort and tax reform, allowing associations so people can make their own choice. Those are the types of things through a legislative requirement that must protect pre-existing conditions. And again, this is a two-year anniversary of when I stood on the debate stage and said exactly that, and Senator Pete, I'm sorry, and Senator uh, Peters is ignoring that. Uh, uh, well, here we go. Well, yeah. So, um, he, t as it turns out, he did have an answer to the question. It just is cut off. So, thank you. I assume Twitter is going to cut cut that. You know, put a warning on that video oh, anytime point. now uh, that it has been doctored and has been cut in a misleading way to indicate that a uh, candidate for office uh, has no position on something that he actually does have a very well articulated position on, and. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll let you know when Twitter finally cracks down on that disinformation. And this is, of course, the, the closer we get to the election, the more that we're going to see this again, 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 and again. And there's no, there's just no getting, um, there's no getting away from it, unfortunately. All right, Alice, is there anything we've hit as we close out our 100th episode of uh, Time Shattuck's Burn Barrel? Anything we need to hit? Anything we missed? I think I think we've got it all. I mean, it is uh, Sunday or Monday, depending. Mm-hmm. Nothing? I think we've covered the story. 12 past the hour. 12 past the hour. Nothing? All right, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you for everything, you listening, and we really appreciate that. It's awesome. You guys are awesome. Thanks for the, um, when you do leave comments or uh, five good reviews, whatever. And uh, please get me at Winchester, W-I-N-N, Chester at gmail.com. And I'll answer your questions. Alice at Alice Shattuck on Twitter. And I am Tom Shattuck on Twitter. Seriously, it's 100 episodes in. This has been awesome. You guys have been great. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your week in Earth. Enjoy the start of your week. We will see you later. Say la vie. Joey, 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 Joey. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.